Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to SMNE's February Free Week, where every show is free. Check out one of the newest shows debuting on our network, The Godfathers of Podcasting. Hosted by Donnie Da Silva and Chris Tidwell, they've been podcasting together since before podcasting was even called podcasting. Join their journey as they feature hilarious insight and poignant social commentary on whatever is going on in the world each week. Also featured are some of the most in-depth interviews found around the net. The fellas chat with Hollywood actors, powerful musicians, incredible comedians, profound activists, professional athletes, inspiring authors, and many more. From newly discovered talent to icons in their industry, they cover it all. So sit back, relax, and welcome the Godfathers into the SMNE family. The following program may contain language. Discretion is advised. Guys, stop making these two hygiene mistakes. Drugstore body wash is actually synthetic detergent. It might as well just say, makes balls smelly. And your loofah is a soggy sack of bacteria that can cause skin irritation and acne. I don't want your flakes on me. Upgrade to Dr. Squatch. High quality, natural soap made for men. It's cold processed, naturally exfoliating soap that replaces both your body wash and loofah. All in one genius little bar. Dr. Squatch soap even helps with skin conditions by using healthy ingredients like shea butter, aloe vera, and Alaskan glacier mineral clay. Choose from four levels of grit for every skin type. Stop washing your nuts with harsh chemicals that make you smell like a middle school boy. Smell like a man with 17 long lasting scents, such as pine tar, fresh falls, and wood barrel bourbon. Get your softest skin ever. Plus free shipping on orders over $50 and a 30-day money-back guarantee. I can't stop touching him. Turn the camera off. Join 300,000 other men who've updated their hygiene routine with Dr. Squatch. Save up to $27 when you bundle. Go to godfathersofpodcasting.com right now. Click the link on the screen, follow it to Dr. Squatch's website, and use our promo code DSCSQUATCH10 to get 10% off your order. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is Friday, February 10th, and we are the Godfathers of Podcasting. In case this is your first time checking us out, we have been podcasting since before podcasting was even called podcasting. This is the show where we talk all things pop culture, movies, TV, music, sports, current events. This is also the place where you'll get killer exclusive interviews each and every week. Archives of this show are available on every major podcast provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and dozens more. My name is Donnie Da Silva, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce the Rick to my Morty, the Shrek to my Donkey, the Wayne to my Garth, the Thelma to my Louise. This is my man, Chris Tidwell. Which one drove off the cliff? <laughs> I think they both did, bro. No, no, no. Who was actually driving? Like the passengers got no say in the matter. They could have just jumped out or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like you really want to go. But the person driving over the cliff was so fed up. Yeah. In this scenario, I was the one. I was definitely the one driving. And for anyone who listened to last week's show, finding Uh, out how horrible passenger you are, they know why I drove off the cliff. Oh, my God. Why don't you just wear a 1776 hat? Why? Like, oh, you and your restless limb syndrome punching the driver while you're drunkenly passed out. Like, give me a break. I, I would gladly drive over a cliff to avoid that again. Oh, uh, that's so good that you would drive over a cliff for me. 
Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, what's going on, Donnie? How are you this week? Entirely possible that we've got some uh, first-time viewers, first-time listeners this week. Uh, right. Because, Tid, we have alluded over the last few weeks to some big news uh, for the Godfathers of Podcasting. And um, I guess it's time now that we let the cat out of the bag. What do you think? Once and for all? Uh, for the first part? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, we have more news to come. Yeah, but here's there's, there's part always one. news. <laughs> yeah, here's part one of our big news that we want to share with all of you, um, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to introduce right now, longtime friend of the show, uh, and uh, the owner of the Sunday Night's Main Event Network. This is Brady Wedham. Brady, what's going on, my man? What is going on, guys? How are you? We're doing well, dude. So, uh, explain to the audience what the hell are you doing here? Well, I'm uh, I'm co-owner of the SMNE Radio Network with along with my partner Randy Charpentier, and uh, so SMNE. If anybody doesn't know what that is, it's called Sunday Night's Main Event, and Sunday Night's Main Event is basically a 20-year-long legacy show here in Canada that plays on TSN Radio and iHeart Radio. It's syndicated through uh, podcasts, all that good stuff. It's basically available anywhere that you want to listen to it, whether it's on the radio or on uh, online. But we're one of the longest running uh, internet shows basically ever. And I think that you guys know that because I believe you were on the original version oh. of Sunday night's main event when it used to be called the law. Oh, was that us? That was you guys. Oh. So I believe what's happening here is we're welcoming you back to your own network. <laughs> <laughs> the network we accidentally built. We're being think, welcomed yeah. back in. I think, I think Motley Crue wrote a song about this, didn't they? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, oh, that's 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 awesome. So but this I, isn't this is way more than just one one show. Yes, as we're talking so, about the way that it was in the past, right? So Tell our main show plays on Sunday. Depending on where you are inside of uh, Canada, it'll be usually it's syndicated, but it it uh, it plays live at eleven o'clock on Sunday nights, which is that time slot's been there since you know the late nineties. And then we have a Sunday night's main event network which has about 16 different shows on it currently. We are like a content factory creating machine at the moment. Um, we took the network over at the beginning of this year and we are definitely uh, mashing through the roof with viewers, uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We're, we're really, like I said, we're a factory content creating machine, uh, a little bit of everything for everyone. So we started as wrestling. Uh, we've expanded to not only MMA, uh, we've opened up to music. Uh, we have your lovely gentlemen coming on, having some of the craziest interviews found online. Uh, just broadening the the horizons, in a sense, from where the network was when we got it to where it is uh, going to be here by the end of the year. So we are super stoked to have you guys on. I cannot, like, can't even stress how thankful I am that you guys not only accepted the invitation, but how amazing this relationship is going to be going forward. I think uh, what Donnie's trying to say when he doesn't have his microphone muted <laughs> is that um, it's going to be very, very good for the rest of us as well, at least for that first uh, little bit. So isolate these statements, Donnie, if you would, from mm. Brady, because we're going to probably need these in court <laughs> at some point when he uh, pulls the old Vince McMahon on us and tells us, you're fired. Or, but I'll at least give you guys a week or two before I decide to sell to Saudi Arabia. I'll at least give you a heads up before I do that so that you can make your arrangements and whatnot for your future endeavors. Uh, that's amazing. Wouldn't be the first time I had the show taken, but it's okay. Um, all that being said, uh, 
we are super excited, dude, because you know, we talk all the time, the very yeah. roots of, of this show, we are the godfathers of podcasting because of what Tid and I did back in 1996, which was founding the show. That is, uh, what your flagship is built on. Yep. So you're right. It is a coming home for us and you guys have built a huge loyal fan huge. base and, uh, so to all of you out there, if you if you know me, if you know Tid, hi. And if you and don't, don't hold it against us. And, and if you don't, <laughs> stick around with us because you I, might I, have some fun. I definitely can't take credit. Not only is it you guys laying that foundation, but people like Dan Lebransky, uh, Mike McGuire, Jason Agnew, who have carried this, you know, throughout the years underneath their banners or they've been involved with it in some sort. It's been definitely a team effort and it continues to be a team effort. And uh, we're just stoked for the future. We're stoked to have you guys on and I can't wait to hear your second announcement. 100%. Oh, the second announcement's a, another uh, doozy. Yeah, 100%. They have done a fantastic job of carrying on with uh, the show, the mm -hmm. legacy. Uh, it's unfortunate that the name had to change for whatever reasons, but it is what it is. It doesn't make the content any less. Uh, and I think that from this point forward with what you're doing with all of the other shows, that one show, along with all of the rest of them, is going to benefit greatly. And uh, we're pretty excited to be a part of it and can't wait to see what the listeners and followers of the network think about us because I'm pretty sure it won't take long before we can tell them what we think of them. So, Brady, yes. explain to everyone just so they understand. So, moving yeah. forward, just everyone is still going to be able to get our show on all the regular channels that they become used to. But in addition to that, where now do they go if they want to tune in and get it as part of the SNME network? Here's where they're going to go. They're going to go to Sunday nights, main event.com. And you Perfect. can follow it. You can even get uh, early access and ad free access to some of their stuff through our Patreon, which is about a buck a week, depending on where you are in North America. But um, it's, that's less than buying me a coffee once a week, right? Who wouldn't want to buy me a coffee once a week? But yeah, so you can find us on SundayNightsMainEvent.com and uh, social media at SundayNightsMainEvent. You Google SundayNightsMainEvent, we'll pop up. So You take a coffee from Tid, you never know what he spiked it with, so beware. Uh, I hear it stunts your growth. <clears throat> that's probably why he's been buying me coffee since I've been a teenager. What's my excuse? Then what am I? Was I supposed to be seven foot six? <laughs> <laughs> I can take some of your height. I, I'm five foot six, so you got two feet on me. But guys, thank you very much for having me on thank here. You, Brady. I'll let it, uh, get back to your amazing interview this week. Uh, we're so stoked to have you on again. And yeah, I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much, thank you, sir. Brady Wedham. He is the co-owner of the SNME Network. Uh, make sure you check him out. <laughs> What are you doing over there, Tim? <laughs> so when the guest leaves, just bring them in, bring them in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so remember, you can now catch the Godfathers of Podcasting on Sunday night's main event.com, in addition to all the other regular places that you've been listening to us uh, up until today. We have more announcements that are coming in the next week or two that will affect. Uh, where else you can get this program? Say I'll just, what? I'll just leave it at that. All right. Opening up to even more new audiences and, right. and eyeballs and ears and everything else. So we're extremely excited. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Are you growing stuff in your uh, studio there behind you? Am I growing I just, stuff? 
Yeah, well, because I was wondering, like, why you have that gigantic grow light right behind you there. Oh, it's not a grow light. That's actually, it's not showing up very well on camera, but it's actually a grow light. No, dude. It's a. (laughs) What have you got going on there? Is it like some kind of fluorescent gimmick? Oh. It's it's an on air light. Oh, and you have it too close to the camera. So, no, when it's close to the camera, it looks great. (laughs) Oh, now it looks ugly again. Put it back. Shut up. <laughs> I know this. I know this rig. <laughs> Man, you were right there too. No, nope. you were right there. Nope. You were right there. Just cover your face <laughs> for the rest of the show. It'll be fine, <laughs> Donny. It'll be fine. Uh, that is a spot-on impersonation, I must say. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a great guest coming up in about ten minutes' time or so. But until then, we have some stuff we want to touch on. Uh, first and foremost. It feels like about 50% of the NBA players switch teams today. <laughs> like, Crazy. holy crap, man. Shams Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, they earned their bread today, man. They were just breaking stories left and right. The Woj bombs were bombing. And um, really fascinating to me. I would say 99% of the deals that happened to from late last night until today at 3 p.m. Eastern were just deck chairs being shuffled like literally moves that teams make just to say they made a move they didn't get better they didn't get worse you know the biggest move that you saw today well without a doubt it's the kevin durant move because he's the biggest name that moved that's it's not even a question um do you think brooklyn did did brooklyn finally just have a, a a fire sale brooklyn got themselves into a real power play from day one, when they brought in um, everybody, when they brought in <laughs> Kyrie and they brought in uh, KD, you know, when when in the first year, Kyrie was saying, we don't need a coach. We're good enough. We coach ourselves. You knew this experiment was doomed, <laughs> you know, right from there. And then Kyrie is is a guy that just has trouble follow him from team to team to team. And he can never seem to get it together. Um so Kyrie demands a trade last week. Brooklyn has been mired in controversy. And over the last yeah. couple of months, they've actually been playing well. Yeah. And, and now that they start to hit their stride and it's getting, you know, we're starting to crank up to the playoffs. Kyrie says, I demand a trade. I'm not playing for this team anymore. And, and <laughs> so cool. they Same. basically traded him for a guard that Dallas didn't want anymore. And, a guy who's a bench player on 25 out of 30 teams, mm-hmm. a late first round pick, and I think a couple seconds. So basically, Kyrie got dumped for a couple of ham sandwiches. Then his BFF KD gets traded because apparently he went to management and said, My boy's not here. I'm not here either. Get me out of town. So they decide to trade him to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns send Mikael Bridges, really nice two-way player, 27 years old, never been an all-star, never will be, but a really, really nice player. And then a bunch of guys, right? Like, yeah, like, and like a thousand fucking picks. And like, well, no, not even a thousand picks. One first rounder and two seconds, I believe is what it was. I thought I saw something like four or something like that. 
Was it four? Oh, I'm thinking of a different trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been four picks. Four fucking first rounders. The three fucking players. Uh, yeah. A large ham sandwich. Uh, free yeah. tickets to the fucking movies forever. They got Jay uh, like, Crowder, who hasn't played all year because he's been in a contract dispute and in a playing dispute with, with Phoenix. And then they immediately flipped him to Milwaukee. So, like... They got guys. They just got guys. They didn't get a star player. They ended up trading James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, their three-headed monster, and they got one all-star back, which was Ben Simmons, who will never again be an all-star. I think they call that a building year. They call that a clusterfuck. It's a a sale. They had a fire sale. They were like, oh, shit, we're broke. Um, I love the move the Toronto Raptors made at about one o'clock this morning, where they picked up former Raptor Jakob Pertle. Pertle was part of the trade that brought Kawhi Leonard to Toronto, which brought a championship to Toronto. Uh, Jakob Pertle returns to Toronto for not very much, a protected first round pick, a couple seconds and Ken Birch who wasn't playing anyways. And Jakob Pertle is a bonafide starting center that solves so many problems for the Toronto Raptors. I liked a couple of other moves. The Los Angeles Clippers, bro, they had me shaking my head. It's like the last two months, every story has been, we need a playmaking point guard. We want a defensive-minded, three-point shooting playmaker. We want a Kyle Lowry. We want a Fred Van Vliet. We want a Mike Conley. We want someone like that. They go and get Bones Highland, who's a scorer, and then they go and get uh, Eric Gordon, Who's a score? That team has so many scores and nobody that wants to pass the ball. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know what that means? That means they're not going to score. <laughs> well, they can score individually. But I'm saying that doesn't add up. It's just one on one basketball. Yeah. That turns into as soon as you can isolate, boom, you've, you've yeah. figured out the fucking play. It's done. It's an iso ball Crazy. in the playoffs does Crazy. not work. It's been yeah. figured out. Um, what else so is going on? Lots of stuff going on in the NBA. Other than that, um, what did you think? Because there was a lot of hubbub. Hubbub. Sam Smith and his satanic performance at the Grammys. What did you think of that? I mean, I thought that Lil Nas X was probably a little bit closer to a better production of it. What? Because Sam Smith came out in some red skin tight outfit and some horns on a hat. Big <laughs> fucking deal. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, listen. First of all, for me, I'm older than a fucking Beacon Jail, so I don't really <laughs> understand and know who Sam Smith is because it's not a genre of music that I listen to. Not a pop. So fan. I'm really not. And we all know that. So whatever. But if he comes out there and he's wearing, oh, he came out and he came out in his best version of the fucking Eddie Murphy fucking outfit, red leathers, big deal, did his thing. I, I don't care. Let him do it. Yeah. What'd you think? I I couldn't believe how upset people were about it. Yeah. It's 2023. I feel like we've seen things that are so much worse than this. And I'm, I'm just completely gonna... covered, right? Yeah. Would have been, would have been weirder if it was like, uh, uh, like, cause it was a full body suit. If, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Could you yeah. imagine if it was just like a full body suit, but the nipples were cut out. That'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? I want that. Like suit. add a little bit of flair. Then I could understand why people might get mad because I don't know. Maybe he's got ugly nipples. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? He doesn't have like sexy little nipples. He's got like big old pepperonis or something. I, I guess know. the I guess the devil ladies dancing in the cage did not sit well with some audiences. You've never the... been to a club in the nineties or the early two thousands? Go-go dancers I... all danced in cages, bruh. I know. I'm trying to understand who still watches these shows. Is it just Bible belters? Is that why there's so much outrage? Like who still they, watches award shows? Well, they're looking for content. Who watches them is um, producers and, and PAs for the next day's string yeah, of shows. People, people in the business. <laughs> string of shows. And then other people that are looking for stuff to complain about in their social media circles the next day as well. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand the Grammys anyways, to be honest with you. No, I don't either. I think it's um I think it's a bit of a weird flex. Yeah, I think they're I, weird. I don't really get um I don't really get where uh the outrage comes from because I feel like we've you, seen so many other things that have been so you have much a, worse. There's no level of desensitization a, when it comes to awards shows. Do you, <laughs> have, do you have a favorite one though? Like which one is closest to reality for you? Closest People, to reality? People's Choice Awards. Oh, favorite awards show. Yeah. I feel like I mean? you've asked me this before. I don't know. MTV, man. Like, MTV, MTV awards, the Nickelodeon fucking awards. <laughs> I guess if there was one, it would be the Emmys because I love TV. So, you know, but you don't think that those are a work too? Oh, who knows? Yeah, probably. Um, but I think, I think they're all based on, you know, picking whoever's hot. And if someone's been nominated a bunch of times, it's probably their turn. And then how, then how the, then how the fuck did Bonnie rate win song of the year? I don't know, dude. No. <laughs> I have, I have uh, no like, good like, answers. I was like, let's explain that one. I didn't even know that Bonnie Raitt was like still writing music, to be honest with you. There's um, there's a lot about these awards shows that I just don't understand anymore. You know, I just miss the days of the Slammies where we had like Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene and Captain Lou singing Land of a Thousand Dances. Can't we have that again? That would be can lovely. We, can we bring that back for one of these award shows? That would be great. You know what I mean? As like one of those, like some posthumous, like uh, uh, Jim Neidhart sliding across the holograms, <laughs> some holograms to going along with the fucking the people that are still left. Oh my god! Did you did you imagine that? Right for one of those lifetime achievement awards. In other news, Tidwell, the internet, you're familiar with it. Certain pages, but it's on the verge of changing forever. What? Yes, what? because Not for man. the last, what, 25 years, I guess, the internet has been dominated by Google, okay? Okay. Google gateways a lot of content. Google is by far the number one used search engine on the planet. It's not even mean? close. And Google has long come under fire from people who think that Google gets paid to rank their search listings. And we know that there are ways to trick the search listings, whether it's SEO tricks, whether it's buying ads, whether it's whatever. We know that things can be scrubbed so that they're still on the internet, but they don't show up in a Google search. So for all intents and purposes to people, it's gone. Um, Microsoft Bing right. is a competitor to Google and has been around for a minute. 
Um, but no one really bings shit, right? People Google shit. No one really bings shit. But that could be changing because is that because of is that because of friends, you think? Because nobody really liked Chandler. <laughs> his name should have been Chandler Google. Is this what his job was the entire time? No one knew. <laughs> oh, but, but this was what it was. He was inventing a fucking he was inventing a fucking app to go against my Google. Google. <laughs> to go against Google. Which wasn't a thing back then. Um, we didn't know that. We didn't know that. Nobody knew what he fucking did either. So if you've been paying attention to the news over the last couple months, uh, artificial intelligence app chat GPT has been making headlines as being this crazy new app um, that can do a myriad of things. Tid. And chat GPT has now been integrated into Microsoft Bing, which makes... Microsoft Bing infinitely more powerful than Google. Instead oh, of simply God. doing a search and turning back results based on keywords and relevancy and algorithms, the chat GPT interface can actually think. Chat GPT, you could say to chat GPT, hey, I'm a university student and I need a uh, 5,000 word essay about uh, pride and prejudice. And it'll spit it out for you in 15 seconds. Not even two okay. seconds. Now, how, how, how grammatically correct is it? Grammar's not a problem. Sometimes there's stuff in there in terms of the way it says things or or it may not commit all the structure. way on a thought. So the you either have to... And it's, choice of, and it's choice of fucking adverbs? No, that stuff's all clean. It's just the way that the thought process comes. So... Some people are saying it's a really good thought partner, like you're brainstorming on how to do something. Hey, my first draft came from ChatGPT, and then I picked it up from there. Um, and other people are using it strictly to go ahead and do their homework, do their work, do their whatever. And university profs are hating this shit because they can't check for plagiarism because <laughs> it's original content. Yo, fuck them. They've been teaching the same shit every year over and over and over without changing it up for the last 20 years. So it looks good on them. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> have you have you used ChatGPT yet? I'm just curious. No, it costs money, doesn't it? No, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It's on it's online now. I haven't done I haven't. Did you? I have. I, I made an account for us with the Godfathers of Podcasting. Oh and okay. I'm gonna have to check this out. What did you do it is, already? It is pretty wild. Here, let me let me pull it up for a second. Um, I'm gonna share this screen. Uh, I can only imagine what kind of like. Could you could you actually have like write write a TV show for me? Let's do this. Um, All right. write a thirty second. Can't type. Write a 30 second commercial for the Godfathers of Podcasting. Uh, a popular hi. podcast about giant penises, pop culture. Oh, and that hosted by. De Silva and Chris Tidwell. That's all I'm I mean, going to say. I mean, I feel like, oh, that's all. I mean, you, you pretty much just wrote script there. 
All right. And then what happens here? It's doing it. Are you a fan of all things pop culture? Do you love staying up to date on the latest movies, TV shows, and celebrity gossip? Then you need to check out the Godfathers of Podcasting. Hosted by the dynamic duo of Donnie DeSilva and Chris Tidwell, this popular podcast is your one-stop shop for all things entertainment. With their unique perspectives and hilarious banter, they bring you the latest scoops on your favorite stars, TV shows, and blockbuster films. So sit back, grab your headphones, and join the Godfathers of Podcasting for a weekly dose of pop culture news and fun. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. Yo, interns are needed no more. <laughs> like, how great is this? Wow. How great is this? That is, like, literally, that is insane. Right? Like, so many, like, people that have been writing fucking bits and writing fucking, you know, commercials for how many years? Done. Out of here. You're fucking finished. Now, if you were to type in that same exact thing again, does it come up with this same exact commercial or does it change it up? No. And the thing is, you can now interact with it and you can give it more details. You can give it more direction, right? Like, I mean, for if, you example, just the same exact, if you just took the same exact words that you did, it'll come up with something right if back, I, right back like, in there. It would come up with a second option for you to do. You got to think about it like you're talking to a person. So if you type in the exact same request, it'll probably give you the same answer. But if you say, I don't like it, change it up. That's all you got. And then it'll do it differently. You talk to it. So for example, if I say, write an introduction, I can't type today. Write an introduction. Yo, do voice to text with it. For (laughs) voice actor eric bowza hearing on the godfathers of podcasting ladies and gentlemen it's time to sit back and enjoy the show because today's special guest is none other than the talented voice actor eric bowza with a career spanning over two decades eric has lent his distinctive voice to countless beloved characters bringing them to life with his impeccable talent and humor from animated series like the adventures of puss in boots and teenage mutant ninja turtles to video games like final fantasy hey what's up godfathers how's it going docs So did you guys just conjure me uh, by using AI? Is that what happened? Just I now? think is that's that... what happened, dude. But you know what? No, I'm not real. This is not. This is a virtual space. This is not happening. It's I feel a little like... trippy. Yeah. But you know what, Bowser? I don't want to totally be replaced by the AI. So how about I do this? How about we pretend we didn't do that? And I'll give you my actual big hello because I want to do it right. Okay. It was fine. I loved it. I mean, you're you're one one take, Donnie. Is is what they call you. <laughs> I don't want to be replaced by the machine. Plus, our intro <laughs> is sponsored by Dr. Squatch. So make sure well, you go to Dr. Squatch's website. Well, go to godfathersofpodcasting.com, click the link, and use promo code DSC Squatch for 10% off. They've got their Valentine's Day special right now, the Bow Chicka Wow Wow Bar, which is a mix of red wine and exotic plants. It's time now for the official big hello and we are welcoming this man back to our show for his second visit with us he's a writer director producer and animator but you all know and love him as the voice of virtually all your favorite characters bugs bunny tweety sylvester marvin daffy 
Porky Pig, Speedy Gonzalez, Woody Woodpecker, Stimpy, and that's not even scratching the surface. He's been involved with some of the biggest animated franchises of all time. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Iron Man, Scooby-Doo, Muppet Baby, Star Wars, Rick and Morty, American Dad, Bob's Burgers, Star Trek, Spider-Man, Powerpuff Girls, The Smurfs, Transformers, and so many more. He was one of the stars of the 2021 film Space Jam, and he's in the upcoming Super Mario Brothers movie. The last time he was on our show, he was a three-time Emmy-nominated voice actor, but now he's got one of them babies all to himself. Well-earned. In addition to all that, he's a successful entrepreneur and a co-founder of Retro Kid Clothing. If you grew up in the 80s, their stuff is for you. And, ladies and gentlemen, he's a hard-working dude, not a brown noza, plowing through Hollywood like a bulldozer. A true Toronto man, not some little poser. My friend went to his high school. Wonder if he knows her. Was wondering if he's down. Well, I'm, if I'm done, well, I'm getting kind of closer. Let's play a game. Red Rover, Red Rover. We call this man over. He's a big-ass star with a ton of exposure. Give it up for our enemy-winning friend, Eric Bowser. <laughs> well, that that is an intro, if I've ever heard one. Uh, <laughs> definitely sponsored by Dr. Squatch with their... <laughs> With their bow chicka wow wow bar, I need to <laughs> I need to get some of that in my life. Uh, could could we could we talk him into doing a Bowser chicka wow wow bar? <laughs> oh. Guys, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I hope you guys have been well since the last time we talked. And uh yeah, that, I was like, wow, I, I guess I have been busy. Uh <laughs> no the, kidding, dude. With, like, the, with, the, with that kind of intro, I'm like, oh uh, yeah, okay. I, I do remember working on some of these. Uh uh, but sometimes, as you guys know, like having even your own show. It just becomes one blur. Like this is just part of your life, right? It's it's not even like another episode in the can. It's just it's kind of like an involuntary like muscle flex or something. So, uh, thank you for reminding me, and thank you for reminding the listeners. And uh, and hey, what's up, guys? Uh, for all of you uh, watching, it's such yeah. a it's such a Sorry. cool thing, dude. And and I want to say, like, I didn't put it in my intro and neither neither did the artificial intelligence. But on top of everything else, you've also got the show now on CBC Gem. How cool is that? Yeah, that's like another weird thing that happened kind of like, I don't know. I've just had, again, this this amazing, um, uh, uh, like, just streak of, of luck uh, meeting folks that uh, just reach out and just want to kind of give you a chance. Um, because you know, I've spent most of my life in this situation behind a microphone, and if 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 I'm ever in front of a camera or on Zoom, it's either been for interviews or work. If we're just kind of in a session, you know, the directors and writers. If if I'm recording from home, I still go into the studio. I was actually thank you guys for 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 pushing my start time. I was in in studio recording a a a, a session and. Uh, yeah, it's it, hosting a show like what you guys do. It's it's like uh, it's a, it's hard. It's it's not easy, and you have to study and you have to uh, know your stuff. Uh, and with this show, this company, Fathom Film Group, pretty much known for doing more documentary stuff, uh, they pitched me this idea of a show where I would be the host and we do deep dives on our favorite nostalgia '80s and '90s cartoons, uh, but not so much a nostalgia show, but a deep dive on heavy handed themes in in cartoons like racism sexism ltbg lgbtq plus themes uh drugs uh capitalism consumerism and uh i was like that sounds like a lot of work and i was like <laughs> and i was like i'll do the pilot episode 
and uh, I'll say I did something with my life. People will watch it. They'll pass. And they go, Who? I don't want to watch this guy. And then sure enough, CBC in Canada, they they picked it up for six episodes. And I'm like, crap, now I got to work. Yeah. I was it's like, funny. It, it was funny that you mentioned that because I, it made me think like now you're doing stuff more in front of the camera. People see who you actually are. Right. Like, it's not just the voice behind there. They're like, oh, geez, he's not just some random Mel Blank looking white guy. <laughs> Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Now, do you, did you, did it ever come up, Bugs Bunny, who you do infamously, did it ever come up because of his past? Because of like, you know, the, oh. the, 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 the clearly racist past oh, of Bugs absolutely. Bunny. It's, okay. it's kind of funny. Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, so I'm doing like these deep dives and exposing these shows. And it's not like I'm, throwing anyone under the bus i'm kind of just saying this is what it was this is this is not an embellishment this this is kind of just how it was and i talked to experts the best part about the show is like we had uh three guests in 22 minutes which is insane kudos to the editors of that show because i talked to every one of those people for at least an hour and you know when you whittle it down to three guests in 22 minutes it's like you know, you got it. They're sifting through getting all the good stuff, all like the the educational, like these are the facts. So we had a, a, a native Canadian um, uh, film expert, Jesse Wente, and uh, he was he made up he, he, he kind of like made this incredible point, which was. He he said, that, you know, the filmmakers or the storytellers or whoever was produ producing these shows, because we talk about Native American depictions, we talk about mm. Japanese stereotypes in like these Bugs Bunny cartoons. And it's like, or any, like the Flintstones had one. I'm wearing a Flintstone shirt right now. And, uh, you know, I remember watching the episode where Betty and, and Wilma, they go to a judo a dojo and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and it's Mel Blanc doing the, the Mickey Rooney you know, like Breakfast at Tiffany's rendition of of uh, how they depict uh, Asians at, at the time. And he said they made these, you know, they made these uh, stories and used these images like like Cleveland Indians, for that matter. It's like right. with with the idea that we wouldn't even be there to see it, like mm. the idea that we'd be gone or that we would not even see these shorts. And then. 2023 the magic of youtube here the here it all is like you could just type it in and, and it's like boop and it's like yeah like hey look it exists and uh what's great about the show uh stay tuned is that we will have the first guest which is like oh you remember that like a very like light intro and mm -hmm. then we'll have the expert the guest number two that goes hey this is what was going on and then guest number three is like hey this is where we're moving forward yeah and he goes the fact that you know uh filipino canadian uh, uh, uh anishinaabe you know native canadian sitting in two chairs on cbc having a conversation about this very subject was just not even a thing like mm -hmm. now that we're sitting here and having this conversation, this is this is the step forward. So mm -hmm. uh, that's right, Doc. Uh, I never taught that. Uh, I just hope I don't get canceled for not being a real rabbit. Uh, <laughs> you know, like aside from being the first non non white voice actor, you know, again, my my idea what starting this career was, again, no one's going to see my face. 
So what I look like doesn't matter, but now more than ever, representation matters. And, and I think the audience seeks uh, an authentic uh, storytelling point of view when it, when it comes down even to the right, who's in the writer's room, uh, who's, who's behind the lens directing, you know, I think, I think the audience has matured as well. So that's, that's a good sign. But do you ever feel as a visible minority, do you feel any inner conflict when you're portraying some of these characters that may have had a negative connotation attached to them in the past? Sure. But again, it's like, you know, I, I look at that even as a kid, I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's not me. You know, like right, even, right. even as a kid, I wasn't like, how dare they? I was kind of like, okay. I mean, I get it. I get why, you know, war propaganda, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny nips the nips. What a great, <laughs> what a great name uh, for a cartoon short. But again, it was made to like, Hey, this is the enemy. Get behind your, your, your the boys in blue, you know, like let, let's, these our heroes. And that's just, it was what it was. But I think even now it's like, we're very, we've grown past that. And that's the point is like, you don't want to erase what was there. You learn from your mistakes and that's yeah. the only, it's the only way you're going to uh, grow and move past it. Uh, and look, you know, like I just won an Emmy award for Bugs Bunny and uh, that's insane that not even Mel Blanc uh, got an honor or that kind of recognition. And I, I always say. Well, that's because Mel Blanc did racist stuff. And a lot of coke. <laughs> no, no. For, for me, I, I, I always pay homage to, to the, Absolutely. I call him, I call him the blueprint, the OG. And uh, if it weren't for him, I, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be delivering your Amazon packages tomorrow. So, um, yeah, like, honestly, like, hey, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to hang that one over him. But it's just like now look at where we are. It's yeah. it's it's now it's it's 2023. It's it now it's it, we're live. And this is where we're at. You know, have you have you found it to be a big uh, a big jump going from like not in front of a camera to in front of a camera doing the TV show. Was it a, was there a, was there a bit of a learning curve for you? You got to do your hair now. Yeah. You got to wear pants. <laughs> yeah. Not wearing you a hat. You got to yeah. show up with, with clothes on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the funny thing about, I can't wait to meet you guys and just see your legs. Cause you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have legs or not. Uh, but yeah, it's like uh, what, what, Tra what trained me for for uh you know hosting or or interviewing would be my comic-con resume being mm. a moderator at, on panels in front of a live audience of a thousand plus people you know where it is one take it is live it's timed you know intermixing conversations with people like elijah wood or rebecca sugar creator of uh, steven universe you know like all of these names and all of these big shows and the fandom and uh cutting in and out of clips let's throw to a clip you know like live technical directing uh kind of got me in in a comfortable space it, uh but yeah you know you do again it's all about the research and it's all about like the writing kudos to the our writers room they're very very clever and very intelligent and definitely we 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 created the spine you know of of the show and 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 I helped fill the you know put I put the muscles and 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 the you know the muscle tone around uh, the skeleton. So uh, yeah, 
it, it was kind of there, but I know if we did a second season, it would be even, even better. And uh, would love to have you guys on too, to get your opinions on this stuff, because it is, it is part of what, you know, you, the reason why you brought me on it's, it's, I, it's, I could talk cartoons till I'm blue in the face. Tid will always take the stance of I'm not a child and that's it. Like, you but know. I watched a ton of them when I was, yeah, I, right. have, I have no, I have no bearing whatsoever on what new cartoons are out there. And it seems like, it seems like everywhere I look, this seems to be that the formula is to just take something that was already done for a, older audience and just make baby versions of it make <laughs> it's, it's, versions of it right it's the only way to reintroduce these characters to younger audience because you know uh when they were doing their research on you know here, here's a franchise like muppets you know That's, muppets I was just Mu gonna say. muppets to us we know who muppets were and it's kind of weird how we were introduced to muppets as kids because that was a prime time show right it was kind yeah. of like a, a variety show and that was a and that... wasn't truly a kid's show it was no. all adult humor with adult celebrities right but we you know it, it, like south park it's like this cute image of like here's a, a a frog made out of like a felt coat like a green felt jacket and uh with ping pong balls for eyes and it's as a kid you're drawn to this unique design yeah. and uh you know nowadays you show a picture of kermit the frog to a kid and they're like who the hell's that like because not only is he not on any existing Muppet show that we were exposed to as kids, he's also not even on Sesame Street anymore, where that was the only time other time, like as a kid, if you're growing up in the 70s, 80s, that you could have seen Kermit outside of the Muppet show was uh, a Muppet news flash. You know, like he would be in the, the trench coat and the uh, little Miss Muppet sat on the top of it. You know, he, he would interview all the. The fairy tale guy does Kermit too. It's not yeah. fair. Like, <laughs> uh, but I'm more of a fuzzy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, used to, I used to think I did a half decent Kermit, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, hi ho, Kermit the Frog. Like it's like hey. you're trying to hit those the intonation I can get the the, the inflection. But There's when I was the... young, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of Miss Piggies. There you go. <laughs> And we'll and that's the show, everybody. <laughs> roll roll credits. Let me ask you something. Going to the content of your show on CBC Gem, stay tuned. I like I said, I could talk cartoons, retro cartoons, until you know the cows come home. Is there a favorite of yours, a favorite 80s, 90s, deep cut? Like one of those shows that you feel like everyone else either never saw or forgot about that it sits in your head rent free and go man that show deserved a better place in history well one that they never ever really re revisited was this animated show called cops and that was oh like, i loved cops it was fighting fighting crime in a future time like yeah. if i if i had like a, an extra million or two million dollars just lying around the house which i don't uh i would love to just frame by frame remake the intro to that show but live action like and the bad guys were called crooks <laughs> yeah what the hell and i mean it, it was just like the weirdest thing and the toys this is back in the day when the toys actually came with like caps like the explosives yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. like we couldn't have that now uh here's what was that what was the head of, of the cops was it bulletproof or B bp vest bulletproof vest bulletproof vest yeah <laughs> and it was like bowser and blitz so the, 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 the theme song was great it was like long arm bowser and blitz sundown <laughs> mirage turbo two-tone 
Dr. Bad Vibes. Like, he would name off all the good guys. He, these are Empire City's most wanted criminals. Berserko. <laughs> Big Boss. Yeah. Ba- you know, I uh, love that uh, you remember the whole intro. Rock Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I know it. I mean, like, he knows I, it like, well. En- he knows it well enough to make me think that like there's a remake coming out, and that's actually yeah. what he was doing earlier. <laughs> the fact that we, the fact Eric that we, just, as BP vest. Yeah, the, the fact that we just spoke it into. Ex- I hope AI wasn't listening because yeah, now they're going to. This is some great manifestation. Oh, I'll tell Chad you that right now. Is on it. Yeah. For me, dude, I'll tell you. I'll throw it out there for you. There's two of them that I throw out there when I, I sometimes I mention these shows to people, and they go, "What are you talking about? That's not a yeah. thing." You remember Mask? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mask. That was like, man, the the, the toys were for that. Actually, uh, there's a the toys a, were killer. Yeah, they're great. There's a, a toy store on um, uh, Magnolia Boulevard here in in Burbank uh, yeah. that that I frequent called uh, Blast from the Past, and they have, I mean, everything is like everything is like they have stuff that's still in the original packaging, of course, and then there's just stuff that is like opened. And there was like one day, I think the truck from Mask was there. And I was like, oh man, like, wow. I, like I never had any of those when I was a kid. And I, was I like, had a couple of them and they were great. And the other show that always sticks out for me, my friend uh, that I used to hang out with back in those days, he used to make fun of it and call it Thundercats in space, but it was Silverhawks. Silverhawks. Yeah. That was what a great one. show. <laughs> Silverhawks was like so good. The animation was great. I mean, again, this is like that age of, of cartoons that had the best theme songs. And it's funny because as an adult, you'll watch it and be like, get all revved up. The theme song's great. The animation is outstanding. And then you watch the show and it's like really bad. Oh, animation. it's terrible. <laughs> There's characters talking with the mouths. Everyone's mouths are moving at the same time. I wish I could remember the Silverhawks theme song. All I remember is the Hawks screeching at the beginning. I yeah. Can't remember, I can't remember the theme. There there wasn't. I mean, Thundercats is, is, is such a memorable tune. Oh, yeah. But Thunder. I yeah. Thunder. <laughs> I remember yeah, I had uh, Bluegrass was the name of the the toy that I had. That's, and he that's was, right. He was, he was, he was the, the country guy. guy. Yeah. He had the guitar. <laughs> do you do you find yourself now because you say that like oh I didn't have that when I was a, a kid I didn't have that toy when I was a kid now you got a couple of shekels you got uh, one or two dimes you know what I mean the credits the credits you're almost in that Danny Trejo credit situation right now like it, it you know what I mean there's a few pages there like do you find yourself is it a is it a struggle for you now or is there an inner voice and by inner voice I mean you know spousal uh, no. unit that says don't you fucking spend that money or I do have... you just like when you walk in it's like I gotta fucking have it <laughs> I mean, you nailed it. You, everything you just said. I've run through in my entire. <laughs> yeah. Every time I step into, every time I've ever stepped into, uh, uh, you know, they, they don't exist here anymore. But I know they have one in in Toronto left. But a Toys R Us, uh, or the toy section of Target, or Blast from the Past. But like, I have the devil on my shoulder, and then my son, who is like the six year old devil that I have in person, and like he's the excuse. He's the reason right. why he's the reason why I bought all the, you know, Hasbro. I'm telling you, man, geniuses reissued all of the real Ghostbusters toys from the 80s in the original packaging, like the Ecto one, the Ghost Popper. Like they released every toy that I I only had, like maybe I think I had Egon and I think I may have had Peter, but I never had Winston. I never had Ray. I had the Ecto one, but I have them again. You know what I mean? That's it's like so not, and that's what I covered in one one of the subjects in my show was consumerism and capitalism. That you know, in the Reagan era, they ju- he just kind of like, well, just 
fucking go bananas, everyone. Uh, like, you can make toy commercials 22 minutes long now. And, like, yeah. of course, who are you going to vote for again? That guy who who let me, like, start this toy empire. And then not only am I going back to those, but because I'm voicing some of these characters now, like, I'm going to buy the character that I'm going to, of course, I'm going to. Like if you if you saw what was outside in my studio right now, you'd be like, I'll, "I will give you a tour. I'll give you a guided tour of Blair." I will. Tour. I will freak out. Ted yeah, will be no. like, oh, "Whatever." Uh, well, no, I listen. I have a. <laughs> I collect different things. No, you have a collection. You, you know, you, yeah, I have horror stuff. I've you, got a lot would, of horror stuff downstairs. So do but I've got a couple of things here. Like I've got an OG. Like there's an OG original '80s Alf sitting back there for oh, you nice. know, obvious reasons and stuff yeah. you know what i mean so like there's a few things askew uh, uh, uh about what is like your coolest possession like horror movie wise like what what do you what do you how, what do you own that is like your like your baby I wow. know what it is. I've I mean I've got a couple I've got a couple of things like I've got a couple of like Doug Bradley Hellraiser stuff you know what I mean but I do have this bust I have a pinhead bust that Whoa. a uh, a guy from uh, here in Canada um, made and it's called Devil's Latex is the company shout out to Devil's Latex and it's a Hellraiser bust but it lights up from the inside what yeah, it is no super way. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's, it's like life life size yeah it's yeah. full size this guy this guy has a lot of stuff a lot of like he gets a lot of the og stuff from the actual film so the stuff that he makes is made from the props i was actually made to measure yeah so this is an actual like face mold of the original actor absolutely who pinhead uh like doug bradley doug yeah. bradley yeah, I actually just saw an advertisement for. Uh, have you ever been to Monster Palooza here in Burbank? Uh, I have not. No. I've heard of it. Dude, you gotta not. come. Know, right? <laughs> come on down, dude. It happens in June, and then they—if you miss the one in June—I think they have one in October called Son of Monster Palooza. It's a bit smaller, but Monster Palooza is like that. They, might they, be our they, next road trip, Tid. The the announcement was, uh, oh, Feruza Balk will be there from, and then oh. like. It's great because, of course, the craft, but like they, they had an image of her as Dorothy from Return to Oz, which was one of my favorite, like right. the creepiest, one of the weirdest movies. She'll uh, always be Vicky Valancourt to me. Right. <laughs> oh, so yeah. hot. That girl's the devil. Yeah. My is son there... doesn't have what they call the social skills. Yeah. <laughs> is there because you've done so much stuff and there's obviously, you know, when you start out, you've got a you've got a list right of of people that you'd like to work with and i'm sure that there's some you know inside of the voice actor world but you're kind of like now that you're getting on the other side of the camera and people are seeing your your personality is becoming much bigger than that does the list change is there anybody still on that voice actor list that you haven't had a chance to work with it you're like yo I really need to do something with them or, you know, are we just, are we in the Robert De Niro world now? <laughs> it, that's so funny. You say Robert De Niro. I was actually just, uh, I, the session that I did leave. I was just I having a, dinner with Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, what, what the hell are you doing sitting at my table? Get the hell away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Bugs Bunny, whatever. I don't care about Bugs Bunny. Yeah. No. Um, I was talking to the engineer and that was like, he, he said Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. Cause like, this guy, uh, Mark, over at Salami Studios, uh, he has worked with, like, uh, he and I worked at, on the same day on the same project. Like, I, he, it was me, him, and the director. Where It's the three of us, 
like taking a photo and in sitting in the chair behind the microphone was Billy D. Williams. Uh, it was a star, a Lego Star Wars um, uh, project awesome. where, where I played uh, Lego Luke Skywalker. And it's all you have to say is Tashi Station, and then and then you're in. That's it. That's the key word. Oh, um, the you know, <laughs> I like, wanted for, to get power converters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tashi Station. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know. Mark Hamill, of course, will always be Luke Skywalker. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've worked with so many great people already that I'm like, I'm completely satisfied. I've I've worked with uh, I've been in the booth where it's just me and like Danny Trejo. You, you mentioned Danny Trejo earlier. <laughs> and, and I'm there doing my half ass impression of Antonio Banderas. And this is the guy that spent so much time with Antonio early in his career. And I'm yeah. like sweating bullets and it doesn't say a word. Like we're acting out scenes and I'm doing my best Antonio where it's really low and really high. <laughs> Puss and boots. And you know, good. I'm doing the best pushing boots I can do. And, uh, and he is just like, you know, doing his thing. And then the session's done and he goes, Hey, and I was like, <laughs> I was like about to leave. He goes, you did a better job than Antonio could have ever have done to me. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I just like finally like got to breathe. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. You did not even have to say anything. I'm like, uh, selfie? And he's like, yeah, come on. Machete loves selfies. You know, like <laughs> we took, we took a picture together and I swear to God, I, it was like one of the greatest days. Another time was like doing a scene uh, on Puss in Boots again. Uh, with uh, but this time it was over Zoom because the actor was in New York. It was John Leguizamo. Oh, I love John Leguizamo. You know Johnny Legs, Johnny Legs. You know uh, the original Luigi from a Mario Brothers movie, and uh, you know uh, he he was playing a uh, Jack uh, uh, Jack Spratt, and he was doing a John Leguizamo doing a French accent, and uh, I was doing <laughs> I was doing my Antonio Banderas, and I was like. Hey, Jack Spratt. They were like old friends, right? They were both swindlers, but old pals. And uh, that was another session where uh, where the session ends and we're all in the green room now, or we're all in the engineer's side of the room and the camera's on us. And it was like a bunch of us, the writers, the producers, and it's him like saying hi from New York. He's like, hey, who's doing Puss in Boots today? Who, who's the guy doing the voice match for Antonio? And I was like, Hi. And it was like, you know, the kid from Up, you know, like, hey, it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, oh, my God, that was you? You were doing that the whole time? Like, he freaked out. Like, he, like, you know, you had mentioned, like, you know, uh, uh, me, this this face of Bugs Bunny, or the face of, I right. think uh, the way I look makes my voices sound even better. Not even the fact that the voices are, like, average. It's just the coming out of this, like, you know, like, you don't expect it, I guess. It's the best. Um, yeah, you know, I, I gotta I say, it. you mentioned Leguizamo. Um, I saw him, uh, what two months ago in Violent Night. Oh, I, right, he was the, he was the bad guy in that, right? And I was like, he is still the best. He's still Dude, the best. I just I just watched the menu. The menu, yeah, he yeah. was in that yeah, as yeah. well. Like he's getting work. He's 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 still rocking it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric, we got a bunch of questions um, yeah. that I want to hit through some of them. We had some questions submitted today on Instagram, um, and I want to just rapid fire some of these at you. Some of these are, are pretty standard boilerplate questions. I'm sure you've had them a million times before, so feel free to give them your rapid fire answers. But uh, this one comes in from bbubby22, and it says, what voice 
do you do that you hate being asked to do because you feel like it's not quite your best? Uh, well, that will for me, it was like you know, Stimpy, like Ren and Stimpy. Really, there, there, there was a reboot for Ren and Stimpy, and this was like it was, it was they, they, you know, this was what it was the early 2000s. Um, Jackass was like the big thing, right? I think the 90s gross out cartoons and gross out humor was kind of like squashed by Jackass because, like. Right. You have a well animated fart scene in Ren and Stimpy, but then you like there here Steve-O with a fishbowl and a tube from some guy's butt going right to his face. I'm like, I'd rather watch that, you know, like <laughs> that's the new that's the new gross out humor. So, uh, you know, again, not to knock the show that I was on, because, again, at the time uh, it was like, you know, I will always look back at my years at that studio, uh, Spumco. Uh, and look at the friends that I made from that. You know, the best part about working at a studio that's run by like this maniac, <laughs> like a tyrant, like even before, uh, you know, John, John, uh, Chris Felusi got, uh, you know, uh, me, me too. Uh, but like, he was always notorious for being a difficult director or someone difficult to work with. And it's cause he demanded like quality, but you know, yeah, I, I say strive for hit swing for the fences, but don't make your employees cry. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I was the studio therapist. Um, but for me, that situation was strange because they wanted Billy West back. They, they, they reached out to Billy and he's like, no, nah, thanks. You know, like I'm the red m and I'm good. I'm fry from Futurama. I don't need this. And it's like, yeah, rightfully so. He, he, he the ship has sailed for him on Ren and Stimpy. You know, what's um, funny about Billy West is, Howard Stern always talks about how Billy West is the one that got away for him. Sure. Billy West was Howard's intern. He and was, he was, you know, again, he he's Billy's like, and I've met Billy, we're friends. And it's like, he's one of the most talent. Like he is again, one of those weird anomalies where it's like, man, he is real magic. You know what yeah. he does, what he does is like, who who would even think that, oh, this cat needs to sound like Larry Fine from the Three Stooges, right? Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Mo, I peed on my shoe. You know, like, <laughs> oh, joy. Like, I, I enjoyed mimicking that because I always equate me voicing Stimpy as to how he must have felt when he booked Bugs Bunny. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because my Bugs Bunny was Stimpy growing up. You know what I mean? Like, his Bugs Bunny was Bugs Bunny growing up. I mean, it's me too, but I mean, like... You know, he really is. I call him the Mel Blank of today, not because he's done Mel Blank voices, but because he's created as many unique original uh, characters as Mel Blank did. I mean, right. come on, you're you're watching Futurama and you're watching him talk to himself in five different characters. It's amazing, and and it's like like Mel Blank. It's like unbelievable. So for me, like taking on Stimpy was like it was fun but it, it's like it's like saying you voiced you know barney rubble for a fruity pebbles commercial it's like it's not gonna be the flintstones right the new Rand and stimpy was never like the original one and it'll never be so does uh, that does that mean that somewhere inside the soul of eric bowza is the desire to create a whole whack of original characters oh that you absolutely can absolutely that's that's the dream you know yeah. it's like it's like tom kenny and spongebob it's like you want to be the you know where you know seth mcfarlane and peter griffin you know you want to be the guy that makes the voice that everyone wants to imitate you know yeah homer simpson oh gosh that was a voice that i loved doing in high school and you know like everyone loved it 
but I didn't create it. So like, you know, that, that would be the next big, the next big goal. Uh, but I, you know, if all I ever do, Doc, is be a number number six uh, on the Bugs Bunny list, I'm fine with that, Doc. <laughs> uh, uh, feed me carrots but, till I'm dead. But you don't even have to be number six anymore because you're number one. You're the one that actually won the award. That's that's the crazy thing, man. I'm like, how could that be? Like, where were you when you got the call on that? Well, I mean, I was I was at the Emmys. You didn't know it. You didn't know. You didn't, yeah. I was sitting there and I'm up against Mark Hamill, Frank Welker, uh, Gray Delisle, and Tom Kenny, uh, which I like to call them uh, IMDb. Like all of their credits combined right. take up half of the space on IMDb. Right. And I'm like, how the hell? Like, why am I'm here just to eat free shrimp and park cars? You know, like <laughs> I, I'm I'm honored to be stuffed into a a tuxedo, a penguin suit, and uh, and be there with my friends. But when they called my name. I was there sitting going, ah, uh, yes, Gray finally won hers or, or, or Tom won again or, you know, I was not expecting to be called uh, to the stage. And when I did, it was uh, it was uh, it was a surreal experience because I'm sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, anytime you, you, you're forced to speak in, in front of like a public audience when you don't want to uh, holding this six pound, you know, weight. And LeVar Burton staring at you in the front row. Uh, you know, reading rainbow. As you're doing Daffy Duck voice spinning all over everyone. Uh, it was just surreal, you know, and it's still it's still like one of those things where I, I will I will be forever thankful, but just not I will be forever in disbelief. Where is the Emmy now? Where have you have where do you have it situated? It's it's in a box. It's in its box that it came in, and I, you know. Like if, if people want to you see, you need it, I, to I get a chain, and you need to wear that around your neck like Flava Flav's clock. This I, is what I, he's, like at least for at least for the first year. I have uh, rubber cement. I'm gonna glue it to the hood of my car when that's, I drive around. Yeah. That's the move. Um, yeah, dude, I, I got to think that that's crazy because you're probably sitting there with all those incredible nominees and and thinking like I'm gonna get Susan Lucci'd. Oh. And, you know. and, and that, that's the crazy part because there was a guy there at the, the it was the children and family Emmys. They separated them from the daytime right. because because children's programming has become so big and, and more categories kept getting added that it needed its own ceremony. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there was a guy that was up there that was like, this is my 12th nomination and first victory. And I'm like. And I and again, like someone like Gray Delisle, who's been working longer than me and has definitely she's way more talented than I am. Uh, you know, she's an amazing voice actress and one of my heroes. And the fact that that was her first nomination. I, I also want to say if we're separating the Emmys from, you know, the children, children's programming from the rest of the Emmys and we are creating more space, I would love to put in a vote for. You know, they separated the kids from the adults because they used to have kids in our category for voice performance, but now they have young performers. I say go step a step further and give the ladies their own category because they're, every time that I've been nominated, it's always been like, you know, one or two. It was always like either a kid, a woman, and then the rest dudes or four dudes and, you know, one female performer. There's so many female performers that get overlooked in this mm. category and i'm i'm like you could have they could have their own category and and it would be amazing um i want to run through a couple of these real quick they're not really questions they're more just comments micah's mom said what's up doc 
Um, there is one here from Labor Jen that says, have you ever considered doing a convention with Jeff Bergman? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would love to any, any time. Uh, I love Jeff. Jeff is again, uh, arguably one of the best. He was the first one to follow Mel Blanc, uh, in, in these characters and did it so seamlessly back in 89. Inkhouse Productions writes, are you familiar with Mighty Mouse? Come on, duh. Uh, it says, I always envision you as the voice of Oil Can Harry. <laughs> From Mighty Mouse? I guess. Oil Can Harry. Well, I'll have to look that one up. I know, I, 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 know, I, know, I, know I know what that is. I'm just like, you know, I need to see. I can't picture. I can't hear the voice in my head. Um, this one is from AGT24. What are the most helpful tips for voice acting for a new voice actor? Uh, good acting. It's almost like you got to put acting first before the voice, because uh, unless the character you're portraying or playing, whether it's a voice match or an original character, if there is no weight to that character, if there's no, if there's nothing grounded in any kind of reality, then it's, it just kind of is just a voice, a wacky voice. A lot of people think, Oh, I could do that. It's easy. And then, even like trained actors that come in, they, they kind of like, they get kind of like, you know, there's no camera. There, there's nothing else there, but your voice. And you need to learn how to control that. Uh, in a cartoon, like it's, it's, it's weird. There's so many different things that in, are incorporated in, in a all around solid performance and voiceover. Um, but yeah, it should always start with good acting and then the voices will follow, uh, a message here from T -t 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 tank girl. And it says, how did you get started in voice acting? Seems like a tough industry to get into uh, tank girl. I would suggest you go listen to episode 53 of this show. The last time that Eric was on, because he talked about that in detail. This one is from. Lucas Santos tunes and it says what was your favorite Looney Tunes cartoon that you recorded no I'm a big fan oh wow thanks um I mean anytime I get to play bugs uh talking to Marvin the Martian because those those were always my favorite uh you know I'm going to blow up the earth the earth yes because it blocks my view of Venus <laughs> oh uh, okay you know what I always say, another man's meat is another man's poison, and I... Wait, the oif? You can't blow up the oif! My friends live there! Sorry. Sorry, Earth Creature. Yeah, I mean, anytime I get, you know, those two are always my favorite characters. Um, Eric, I'm wondering if we can do something with you before we say, uh before we say goodnight, because you've been awesome with your time, and we're always appreciative. Um, can we do, like, the last time you were here with us, um our our pal and, and your longtime buddy Danny O was 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 with us and Dan is now busy doing other things, other endeavors. He was here with us on the show a few weeks ago and he's doing his own thing. So the original two godfathers are still holding down the fort. But the last time you were here, you gave us your rendition of Dear Hip Hop, which was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Uh that was great. Um, I'm wondering if we can do something a little different this time. If we put a, a, a stopwatch on it, say we do like 90 seconds, how many voices can you hit like completely different voices in 90 seconds? Just switch back and forth <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll have the audience like play along and, and, and name each and every voice. Okay. Let's, let's see what we can do here. 
All right, let's uh, get a little stopwatch and go. What's up, Doc? I'm Bugs Bunny, and you're listening to The Godfathers of Podcasting. They're despicable. If rabbit season, fire! Oh, I'm sorry, fellas. I can't wait any longer. I gotta blast one of you. Ooh, I'm gonna get that rabbit if it's the last thing I do. Oh, gosh, I'm so starved. I'm gonna eat that little yellow bird. Ooh, you don't want to eat me, putty tad. I'm just a big cranium and a tiny buddy. Are you a, 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 a really the last of the the, 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 the uh, dodos? Yeah, I'm the last of the, 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 the dodos. Uh, Wilma, we gotta go bowling. Uh, sure, Fred. Uh, oh, uh, let me go get uh, Betty. <laughs> dum-dums. Oh, uh, Fred, it's our friend, the Great Kazoo. You guys really are a bunch of rockheads. Uh, Yogi? Uh, yes, Mr. Ranger, sir. I've told you once, don't eat those picnic baskets. You better listen, Yogi. He's the ranger. Okay, boo-boo. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know. Eric Bowser. What Sometimes a genius. I just, uh, you know, I just kind of pass out and I wake up and I'm like, oh, what happened? And I've wet my pants and uh, I can't go. You know, what, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear all the outtakes, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the fuck ups. Yes. In, in those oh. voices, you know what I mean? Because I can Trust only me, imagine just like every other kind of acting. There's lots. Say there's, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what that reminds me of for anyone out there? Because I know we just debuted this week, Tid, on the SNME Network, uh, which has all kinds of uh, wrestling fans out there. Um, I'm sure a lot of them are familiar with this. I just got introduced to this recently. I don't know, Eric, if you watched any WWF back in the eighties, but someone just turned me on to these clips on YouTube of longtime friend of ours of Tid and I sadly passed away a few years ago, mean Gene Okerlund. And he would do the backstage stand-up interviews with the talent. And on YouTube, you can find the outtakes and no, he like like bloopers like oh like, yeah like, dude they... and he's cussing guys out oh like, it's but it's it's funny right because gene had this like dry wit you oh, know yeah. i mean he this... had to deal with these like you know roided out uh wrestlers like on a on a daily basis <laughs> there's one where he's like he's supposed to be doing a stand-up with uh with uh kamala another yeah, another yeah, longtime yeah. friend of ours and he's like hey uh kamala What's this shit about you missing your promos in St. Louis? And he's like, oh, and then Kamala like breaks character. So he walks away and then, okay, Friday, come in. He grabs Kamala's manager. You get in here. Uh, well, what, what the fuck is this shit about Kamala missing interviews in St. Louis? It's just wasting tape. It's completely <laughs> wow. wasting he, tape. He pulls Kamala. What are you doing in some, uh, some hotel room in the middle of nowhere when you're supposed to be doing interviews in St. Louis. And Kamal's like, Oh, uh, I do a little fucky fucky. And Gene's like, okay. That's wow. Good. I need to see this. I, I loved, uh, do you remember they had, uh, the, the, the album, like the music. Yes. Album? We were just referencing that off the top yeah. when we were talking about our favorite awards shows. <laughs> it was, uh, it was like land of a thousand wrestlers land of a thousand dances. Yeah. Why, why wasn't Hogan in that? I always he was, 
He, he uh, was. Yeah, he, he's in well, the land of a thousand dances. Is and he, there was a there was another, he doesn't have a singing part though. Um, he didn't have well, a I solo. I don't think. Yeah. I don't but he's there that. clapping away. Oh, he is. Okay, I need to see the video. I need to see the video. Because I remember a Rowdy Rowdy Piper goes, Hogan, such a yo-yo! He calls him a yo-yo. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, Mean Gene and Jesse the Body. Uh, my favorite, like, interstitial that they did on that album was, like, it was, <laughs> coming up next, we got Captain Lou Albano and George the Animal Steel. And Jesse Ventura's like, George. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano, what's he gonna do? Strum the rubber bands on his face? Yeah. Like, I listened I, to that I, album a hundred thousand like, times. Laugh my ass off as a child every time. What's he gonna do? Gene, strum the rubber bands on his face. You know, like like because that was his whole thing. Uh, but yeah, okay, there. Oh my god! But there's Gene. okay. That this is them. Like this is like live, right? Yeah, there's, dude. There's a different video though. Where it's like, I'll have oh, to this, show you. This one's not Land of a Thousand Dances. This is yeah. a different song. I don't. Well, you could probably put We Are the World to this. <laughs> like I'm, I'm watching them do that movement, and all I'm hearing in my head is We Are the World. Anytime you got a group of uh, people dressed like that, it's gonna be We Are the World for sure. Amazing. So much fun, Eric. Thanks, man. Eric, Listen, next yeah. time you come on, we're gonna do that virtual tour and look at all your toys and stuff, man. Dude, I will have it ready. I have like a ton of like great artwork too, like some rare stuff. I I, I own like animation cells from uh Who Frame Roger Rabbit. Like the last thing I see every day, I like if I leave my house is like uh, uh an animation cell of um that scene in Roger Rabbit where uh Eddie Valiant, uh, Bob Hoskins is falling. And uh, Bugs and Mickey Mouse are in the frame and uh, jumping without a parachute? Kind of dangerous, ain't it, Doc? Oh, yeah. You could get killed. Yeah. Uh, uh, you should give him the sp give him the spare, Bugs. I don't think you want it. I do. I do. Give it to me. Okay, Doc. Here's the spare. And he gives him the rubber tire. Uh, but Amazing. I have, like, one of those uh, frames where Bugs and Mickey are in the in the same shot together. Um, yeah. This, How's this for one? I, I feel like I have a couple micro impressions. What about this one? If I go, I'll get you, Bowser. Hey, next time. there it is. Uh, Dr. Claw is at the museum and he's about to steal the Mona Lisa. This message will <laughs> self-destruct. Yeah, that's great. Amazing. Good job. You nailed it. See, we can tag team it and people figure out what I am. I, uh, <laughs> I smell a reboot. Yeah. Anytime you are ever doing season two on CBC gem of stay tuned and you are stuck because someone canceled. And then the guy after that canceled and the guy after that canceled, you know how to reach me, dude. Hey, I'll shine the bat signal. <laughs> Bowzilla. Thank you so much for hanging Absolutely. out with us. You are a monster of talent and we are indebted for your time. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. I'm going to look up. Oh, yeah. Oh. I was just going to say, I'm going to look up this, uh, this festival going on. Oh yeah. This convention in Burbank. So when it happens and I come down there, uh, you'll get to see my legs. Dude, let's go. 100%. You'll get to see what Tid looks like after a full bottle of tequila. Like I what, did two weeks ago. What, Whatever. uh, what better way than at monster Palooza, but thanks for having me. And that's all folks. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That is Eric Bowza. Absolutely love him. One of our favorite guests on this program. And uh, that is that for this week. Tid, uh, before we go, yeah. I want to remind everyone, okay, because I just got in 
my <laughs> fresh delivery of uh i have the same stuff yeah man oh i don't, you don't have, have that the star one. wars one because no, i'm not a nerd well, I am a nerd. Exactly. One hundred percent. Yep. I got nope. Star Wars. So okay. look, I got the All Darth right. Vader heavy right. grit, dark right. side scrub. I got the uh, I got the pine tar. I got the uh, wood barrel bourbon. Fresh and I, oh, I got, I got the too. and I got the what was the other one? The uh, something wood. Uh, yeah. Wood barrel bourbon. Yeah. 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 I've got I've got the Valentine special, the Bow Chicka Wow Wow. All right. All right. And this one I'm really excited about. Cause I'm a coffee head. I got the cold brew cleanse and I even picked up one of their citrus deodorants. Okay. So Have this you... stuff is amazing. And yep. I'll be honest with you. I bought my first bar of Dr. Squatch a couple weeks ago, just on a whim. And that's when we reached out to them and asked them to sponsor us. Right. I bought it off Amazon off Amazon. Uh, it cost me almost $30 after tax. All of this here. I got on a quarterly subscription and yeah. it was just over 35 bucks for yeah. all of this on a quarterly subscription. Six and bars then or so. Six bars. They're not small bars either. No, dude, these are heavy duty buggers. Like right? these things are big here. I want to, let me open one up. But I'll, tell you, straight up. I'll tell you straight up, straight up. That this uh, is a thick piece yeah. of. Yeah. It's an inch thick by like three and a half by three and a half square. No it's doubt all natural, no that, bullshit in there. That, that pine tar one, it will exfoliate you. Like it's great, unbelievably, right? Unbelievably. Isn't it a trip when you put it on and your skin turns black for a second? These, these, these smells that they've incorporated into these natural oh soaps. They've done a fantastic job. I'm not great just product. saying this because you know, of whatever, but they actually are. I'm impressed. And I don't, I mean, it's listen at the end of the day, I'm usually one of those. What the, it's soap. It's soap. But no, right. this, this is a different level of soap. Do yourself a favor and you can go and check it out. We have a link uh, on our uh, socials right now. And on the Godfather's podcasting.com. There, right there. there is a, yep, absolutely. There's a link right off of there. L please go do yourselves a favor. Even if you don't and you forget about it, go do yourselves a favor. Uh, we'd like it if you went through our website, but you know what? You deserve to use this kind of product because it's good. It's I always tell good. people, and I don't put anybody over. I always tell people I'm a lousy salesman, and I believe I am, but this doesn't feel like selling when you're just telling people about a product that you love. That's really what it is. And we think of our audience as extended family and we're sharing this with our extended family. I thought this was just a, a TikTok gimmick, man. They went TikTok viral and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bite. I'll try it out. And I figured like every other TikTok thing that I bid on, I would be disappointed. This is a great product. I don't like to put things over and shill to my audience. Um, give it a shot, man. Even if you just want to try one time, see what it's yeah. like, go for it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, Try it out. Go through our website. The promo code is DSC Squatch 10. You'll get 10% off and you will save uh, with free shipping on any order that is over 50 bucks. And uh, I had to scrape to get my order to 50 bucks because like, like I said, all this was like under 40, you know, it's crazy. And, um, so I had to keep adding shit, which is why I added the deodorant and some other, you know, because I wanted to get the free shipping, but, uh, try it out, man. If you don't like it, come back and let us know. They also have a money back guarantee. So <laughs> there is that too. Um, Tid, that's it for me. How about you, man? 
That seems weird. Money back on soap. They just they. I don't think you're going to ship it back. But they're saying yeah, if you're not satisfied, yeah, we'll we'll refund you. Unbelievable. That's it for me, brother. I am right. uh, I am golden. Uh, go birds. Uh, oh, you're dirty birds. Uh, Eagles you know are in the super super bore this weekend. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. One, what do you one, think? One and one more and done. Bengals uh, by 15. Bengals aren't even in it. So, <laughs> That's right. The Chiefs. Uh, my bad. It's the it's the uh, yes. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's right. the Kelsey the Bowl. <laughs> it's the um, Patrick is Mahomey uh, <laughs> taking on the uh, Jalen. Make it hurt so good. So it's going to be a hell of a game. I hope. I hope. Final score prediction: twenty-seven, twenty-four. Eagles. Woo! That would be a sexy game. Mm-hmm. That would be a sexy game. I have no dog in this fight, so that's right. Because your team lost. Game. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Fuck what? this shit. I'm Good night, out. everyone. Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Friday. I wonder if you could get him to put this. I know. That, that means I missed interviews in St. Louis. Right. Isn't that what that means, Friday? That, that, that he missed interviews in St. Louis? When he should have been there, it was on the booking sheet. He missed interviews. <laughs> come here. No, I'm not kidding. Come here, Friday. Come here. Come on in here. Friday, uh, you're kayfabe. Come here. Right, sure. You speak of the language. Uh, Kamala, what's this shit about uh, you missing uh, interviews in St. Louis? I want I want an honest answer here. I'm going to confront you. I'm just like, uh, what's his name, Walter Cron- Cron- Cronkite. Uh, I don't speak English, and I can't read English, so I missed the interview. Yeah, well, that, uh, I thought we had it, though. It was written up uh, in Swahili by James Barnett. I thought you would have got the goddamn message. This is ridiculous. When you're supposed to be in St. Louis for interviews, what the hell are you doing sitting on your ass in some goddamn hotel over in Ipswich, Illinois? Uh, I do a little fucky fucky. Oh, okay. That's a very good. That's that's real good. Okay. Good. Yes. We're going to be right back after this. Thank you, Kamala. And good Friday. <laughs>